This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Geology Final Cast. My name is Steve. Hey there, everybody. This is Chris. Good evening. <laughs> was that too low? No. Just, just weird. That's, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried to come in right on time. You did? Think, yeah. You never said your name, but. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to. I'm not going to. <laughs> this is our mystery yes. guest. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call uh, him JT. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Geology Flannelcast, the premier geology podcast out there. This is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode ninety-nine of the Geology <gasps> oh, Flannelcast. Oh man, we've had ninety-nine of these things. Well, ninety-eight other episodes. Yeah, I've had ninety-nine episodes. This is the ninety-nine red balloons episode that you promised. Ooh, there's ninety-nine all... say luft balloon. Did what you say? A couple of weeks. We're back from. We're back from our little. Uh, uh, summer hiatus slash vacation. Yeah. And, AKA uh, Chris went on vacation. Jesse and I just sat here every Wednesday waiting for him. I told you guys. He never showed up. Me. You guys would not do an episode without me. We, we didn't think he was serious. I thought <laughs> no. for sure he would log in. Nope. I, I still talked normal like I was recording, but my computer was turned off. I was just staring at a blank screen. Yeah. Hey guys, <laughs> great seeing you. His wife's in the background calling the doctor. He's doing it again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good times. But yeah, 99 episodes. Who would have ever thought we, I don't know, get this far (laughs) and or take this long to get this far? (laughs) I mean, anybody can can dish out 99 episodes, but actually to still have a fan base after 99 episodes. That is true. Yes. Yeah. It, and we love our fan base. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for being Patreons. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us in July, which it oh, is. Yeah. Join us in July. Yes. Yeah. I like that. our best uh, membership drive campaign yet. <laughs> At least it rhymes or it's an <laughs> alliteration. It doesn't even rhyme, but yeah. Um, Phil's still losing five zip. Yep. Nice. Sure are. Yeah. Well, all right. Before we start talking about the Phillies there, let's uh the, the topic of today's podcast is we're gonna talk about some really old rivers, uh specifically some of the oldest rivers in the world. So this is uh I guess to kind of I should probably before we even like get into like the list of, of these old rivers, you know, maybe we could talk for a little bit about how do you figure out the age of a river. It's a, uh, it's a tricky thing. You can't, it's really, you can't directly date like the water. There's nothing, you know, uh, you know, there it's a tricky thing on how to, how to date the age of a river. Well, so, yeah, you, you think about it, like you can date the age of water. It is difficult. Um, however, like, I call it carbon dating. I mean, there's a way to, if it's all, you know, we say like old water versus young water, but exactly yeah. to, to be honest, I don't even know how you date the age of water, but I know it's possible because they've dated like pockets of like deep canyons in the ocean and figure well, it out. Yeah. That. I mean, I, I'm, it's uh, oxygen isotopes, I think is the way you do it. Right. Yeah, right. right. Yes. Um, Thank you. But 
But yeah, that, that that's how they figure out that aquifers take like ten thousand years to recharge and whatnot. And right, but when you're talking about rivers, it's all surface water, so it's all yeah. geologically speaking, pretty brand freaking new, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's yes, yeah, some of it is groundwater. Actually, probably a lot of it's groundwater, but a lot of it's surface runoff. It's just brand new precipitated out rain essentially um so like to chris was saying the water is not going to tell you how old the river is so there's actually a well one of the concepts you can use to see how old the river is is a very 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 old concept that's been out there in the geology world for a long time very good our good principle of cross-cutting relationships the thing if so if you're if the river well you can use this this doesn't work all the time but generally speaking if the river cuts through something it is it's all uh i guess it's it would be the opposite of cross-cutting relationships actually i think about it because with cross-cutting relationships if it cuts through it's younger than than the thing that was there before but in this case the river what we look at is is mountain ranges right all right really Chris, this up. hang on <laughs> so typically in a cross-cutting relationship anyone who's taken like an intro to geo lab or class you know you you have this uh idealized section cross section of rock and it's like here's all the layers and then here's a bunch of tilted layers and then here's an igneous intrusion and you can kind of figure out based on what cross cut what whatever cross cuts everything ends up being the youngest However, when it comes to rivers, rivers are like the buzzsaw of mountains. Rivers cut down into mountains. So if you have a giant mountain range and this river cuts across the mountain range, that means that that buzzsaw that is that river was there as the mountains were being uplifted. And that buzzsaw was continually buzzsawing its way across those mountains as they were slowly being uplifted by said orogeny or whatever. Yeah, because if it was, I mean, if the river came after them, normally rivers flow off of mountains. They go from high elevation to low elevation. And um, or they'll go around the mountain itself because they don't they don't have the time of day to to go up and over it. They're looking for the path of least resistance. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. but if the if the Lazy river water. is established and has a course, and the mountain starts uplifting, it's just going to stay its course, and it basically it's going to erode through that uplift. Uh, uh, yeah, there there are lots of conditions that need to be met in order yeah. for that to work. Like the uplift can't be super fast because then it's just going to push that river out of the way. Uh, the river has to be, you know, it can't be a little you know, crick in your backyard. It's got to be like a big established river in order to maintain enough water flow to maintain that erosional rate. So basically that erosional rate's got to be faster than the uplift rate. Otherwise your, your river's going to get pushed out of the way. Yeah. And so well, I just want to say like one other thing too, when we talk about the rivers, like being buzz saws and, and cutting down. So like, if you see like a river that dissects through a mountain range, uh, you're, you're the first thing you'd probably think is, yeah, the, that river was there first and the mountains came up and then the, that river just continued to, to cut down through that mountain range. That's actually, 
I just want to kind of preface this before we get into the nitty gritty here. That's what happens most of the time, but there are actually some situations where the rip, you can see, we call these uh, uh, water gaps, right? Where the, where you see the river cutting through a mountain range and you can actually get some situations where that water, the river and, and running through the water gap is actually younger than the mountain. So we're not going to get into the, uh, that aspect uh, for today's podcast, but there are ways that, that the river can cut through the mountains. Um, sometimes just from just everything, just kind of eroding down, you know, those, those, that, uh, the, you could look at like the stratigraphy was already all folded up to begin with. And like, you see this, like, uh, like the Delaware river water gap, for example, it's one of the best, the best water gap or one of the, yeah, one of the best examples for a water gap there is in the United States. There's a bunch of them. But uh, the Delaware River is actually younger than than the Appalachians. It doesn't doesn't date back to the age of the Appalachians. But as everything was eroding down, uh, the Delaware River just kind of everything was all folded up and everything. And the Delaware River just then later came onto the scene and just kind of cut down through the through the uh, through that strata there through just the whole region eroding down. So sometimes that can happen. Uh, I've also, you can, supposedly you can get it from, uh, if two rivers are incising like a, a ridge line from either side, they can kind of break through and then cut through the mountain range that way. That's a way for it to be younger than the, than the mountains itself. But generally speaking with today, for today's episode, we're going to be just kind of sticking with the obvious that the river is... Um, the river's older than, than the mountain range and it just continued to cut down as that mountain range was, was being lifted up. Right. Yeah. Cause we're talking about, these are some old rivers. Yeah. Like, you know, hundreds of millions of years old. Right. So the, these are, these are probably the exceptions to the rule. You, usually the case like Chris just described is probably, I don't know, a majority of the rivers on the planet. <laughs> Versus these old, old, old rivers happen to be, you know, hundreds of millions of years old. So we're going to talk about three specifically that cut across the Appalachian Mountains, which are near and dear to our heart and our proximity. So <laughs> as uh, Jesse and I are up in the what are we, mid-Atlantic portion of the Appalachians, I guess you would call it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Chris is down yeah, south. Absolutely. So um, today we figured we'd talk about some of these these really old rivers. And um, we see uh, three of the top 10 oldest rivers in the world are located along the, the east coast of, of the U.S. We'll get we'll get into these. We'll kind of do a little, you know, keep you guys hanging for a minute until we, uh, you know, give you the names of these. But I guess before we get into this, you know. These rivers are kind of organized, right? And if I were to organize like a word document, how would Ooh. how would I uh how would you do that? How would I go about? How would I, how would I do this, Steve? You would go off our unique outline here that was wonderfully formatted in Word from our friends at the Formatting Formula. So we'd like to thank as always our wonderful sponsor, the Formatting Formula for sponsoring our podcast. Uh check them out at www.formatingformula.com. Tell them the geology flannel cast sent you. 
Um, or if you'd like to learn yourself and figure out ways how to, you can improve your own word skills, you can check them out at YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. Again, you know, like them, share them, subscribe to them, but most importantly, put in the comments that the geology flannel cast sent you, because then they will give you a huge discount on your YouTube video. That's, that's a joke. All YouTube videos are free, but, uh, <laughs> Um, but no, yeah. Wah, wah. So, uh, yes, check them out. Formattingformula.com. They've been a great sponsor to the show. I can't say enough great things about them. They have all different versions of word for Macs, for PCs, old versions, new versions. Um, they can customize headers. They can figure out all different kinds of stuff for you. So again, please check them out. Formattingformula.com. All right. Thank you, Steve. So, we're talking about these uh, these rivers. So, all right, the th- uh, the 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 three rivers we're gonna be talking about today. We got the New River. We got the Susquehanna. Chris, we're supposed to be talking about old rivers. Uh, uh, come on, you knew I was gonna do it. Well, it's very <laughs> it's, right. The New River. The name's <laughs> the New River, but it's actually like one of the oldest rivers in the world. So, sense of sense of irony there. Whoever <laughs> named it that, I actually I don't know how that name came about. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's not a very new river. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. So I cut you off. It was the new, the Susquehanna, and uh, the French Broad. Yes, and which are all, you know, they're they're in that order. But if you look at their date range, they're pretty much the same date range. So I'm going to yeah, argue yeah. that the Susquehanna is the oldest, just because it's near and dearer to my heart. And that's just what you've always said, <laughs> and I'm sticking with that, huh? Yeah, prove me wrong. Mm. it's 300 million years ago go ahead <laughs> so um fun I'm, i was actually looking through the history here about how the the new river got its name i'm not seeing anything that's uh jumping out at me real fast but um it had some variant names including the wood river and uh woods river uh, after um i don't know some guy named abraham wood i don't know ah, abe wood abe yeah. wood yeah yeah good friend of the show yeah, so I'll have to look into that further to see how that they got that name. He was a uh, he was a colonel. Yeah, I, I went to high school with him, and I mean, he was a oh, I've clo- he was a colonial colonel because it was the 17th century. Yeah, <laughs> six. Uh, let's see, this back. Yeah, the late 1600s. Yeah, that's about um, right for Steve. Exactly. Yeah. So each of these three rivers um, cuts through the Appalachian Mountains, uh, and so they're all kind of kind of unique in their own way. Uh, which one do you guys want to jump into first? I mean, don't all jump at once. <laughs> you can knock out. You want to? You want to like knock? We're pick, on the topic of the new. Do you want to? You want to? Sure. I was going to say it's like picking my favorite child, but go ahead. Yeah, there you go. I know exactly uh, which one's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> which kid's your favorite? So, like we said, these all these rivers uh, they they cut through the Appalachian Mountains, and I so actually before we get into the rivers, why don't we just uh, talk about the Allegheny Neurogeny real fast? Just kind of a, a refresher for people that may may not be familiar with that. We did a whole episode on uh, on the Appalachian. Geez, we did uh, it was like a, a multi episode, yeah, on the. Uh, a little little mini series on the Appalachian Mountains uh, a couple months ago. We did. I think we did two episodes on the Appalachian Mountains, right? 
Hang on. Covered each of the, the three. Basically, I know I'm, sl- I'm slow. Uh, Appalachian Mountains uh, take two and take two of three was 88 and 89. So 10 episodes, eight, uh, 10 and 11 episodes ago back in right, March right. and April. So um, if you want to learn more about the Appalachian Mountains, check out those those episodes there. We're just going to I'm just going to talk about this for a couple seconds here. I'm not going to get into into or you can listen to episode two way back in 2014 that's right it was episode two we first breached that topic yeah i would i would recommend listening to episode two then listen to episode 88 and 89 you don't want to listen to see how our audio quality quality has horrendous back (laughs) (laughs) all right so the appalachian mountains within the appalachian mountains there's three mountain building events and uh we're talking about the the Allegheny in here, which was the most recent, the last of the three. And that's the, the mountain building event, basically where Pangea came together. Um, North America collides with Africa and Eurasia. So this occurred about 325 to 260 million years ago. Um, and so that's the, the, the time frame we're dealing with here. Now, each of these three rivers is older than you know, they don't know. Ex- it, it's, you can't, you can't pinpoint like the exact age of the river and say, Oh, this thing formed, you know, uh, 355 million years ago. It's kind of like, there's a, you know, when, when you start throwing around these dates for the ages of the river, there's a little, little bit of wiggle room, some arm waviness, you know, just to go back to our cross cutting relationships example, you, you don't know, how old it is until it has to cross something you can date. Yeah. Yeah. It has if to, that makes sense. So, so something has to be cross cut in order for you to know what's older or what's younger than, than the thing that is being cross cut or the cross cutter. Yeah. But like in this case though, it's the opposite of cross cutting relationships. Well, yeah. The cross cutter is the, the oldest thing. Yeah. In this, re- in this, like the, the, the buzzsaw relationship. That's yes. what we should call this. <laughs> yes. So you don't know when the buzzsaw was turned on until you know how old the wood is that was pushed through the buzzsaw. And I, yeah, that's a great regret. point. Yeah, right? So you're trying to, yeah, exactly. That, that's great. I love that. So you have like a piece of, you know, you have a piece of wood and, and then you have a buzzsaw, right? Well, yeah, I guess uh, the buzzsaw could have been turned on yesterday. You don't know. Until you start growing that tree and cutting, this is a terrible analogy. But <laughs> I think we need some work. But I think it can get there. <laughs> anyway, yes, that I mean, river. That river could be saw, as long as the buzz saw is older than the piece of wood. That's how it works. <laughs> yes. So that buzz saw is going, going, going until that you don't know exactly how long that buzz saw has been going until you start seeing evidence of what it's passed through. Yeah. So that that river could have been there another hundred million years before then. You never know because it doesn't really leave much evidence. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, when you we talk about rivers, rivers are like are not like they're super dynamic features. They're always moving around and and, and stuff like that. It's just like Seminac. Always move, always on the move. Yeah. You know? Just a di- dynamic feature. A rolling stone gathers no moss, right? Mm. But uh, these <laughs> these rivers, these rivers. That's the other reason that it's it's tricky to start 
to to date these rivers because they're they're not static objects. It's not just like you know set in place for the most part. Some rivers are if they're if they've gone through um, they've been rejuvenated and kind of cut down and they got nowhere to go. Then yeah, sure. But you know, generally speaking, rivers are you know uh, you know l- landscapes are changing and the drainage patterns are always going to be changing as your as your landscapes you know jumping around. So it's always always tricky with uh, with these rivers, but. So, and, but to me, it's, it was always interesting. Like, uh, I know, I know we're talking about the three that are cutting across the Appalachian mountains, but then you, you look at some of these rivers and it's like, Oh, the Colorado. Well, that's probably 75 million years old. Well, that's about when all those erogenies on the West coast started because it was there. And then all these erogenies happened. So who knows that that Colorado river could have been there for, a lot, lot longer. And we just don't know because it didn't have any fresh rocks to cut through. So, um, anyway, that was just my little digression. Sorry. Carry on. So, uh, the new river, actually, I found the, uh, I found the, the thing here, but the origin of the name, uh, it's unclear where the, the name of the, <laughs> I, I knew that I knew that I was really excited to see what you were going to say there. It's like, wow. Yeah. Did he find it? Cause I couldn't yeah. <laughs> it, no, basically, basically, uh, one story says it's just, it just wasn't on a map. They settlers are found this thing. What's this? Like, I don't know. We'll call it the new one. It's this river. It's not on the map. <laughs> well, the new river. Well, it's kind of <laughs> one of the oldest rivers in the world. So good job on that one, Bonehead. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, Billy. <laughs> um. So, uh, all right. So the new river is uh, kind of interesting. Well, not, it's pretty interesting. It actually, it's one of the few rivers on the. Um, in the, East, uh, in the United States or the East Coast that flows from south to north, uh, cuts through the Appalachian Mountains, and it actually flows, eventually flows into the Ohio River. Ohio. <laughs> yeah, it flows. It also flows to the wet, northwest. Yeah, so it starts, it starts off on the east of the Appalachian Mountains, right? So all it's the only it's the only river that starts you know on the east side of the Appalachian Mountains cuts through the Appalachian Mountains and then the water eventually drains into the Gulf of Mexico it goes in through the Ohio and then through the Gulf so it's it's one of the it's it's a weird one because all all the other rivers on the east of the Appalachian Mountains basically flow into the Atlantic Ocean and it, what's crazy is the new river again we're talking 325 to 260 million years old flows into the Ohio the Ohio is like 2 million years old. Yeah. So the Ohio and the, well, it flows into the, uh, Kanawha and then the Ohio. Right. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they're both essentially the, the last glaciation they formed. Right. So you're it's talking two, two and a half, yeah. three million years old. So well, the one thing when I was, when I was doing some research on, on this topic that I found is that, uh, not when you when you deal with the ages of the river basically sometimes uh, you know only a portion of that river is actually like super old and right right yeah other no, parts I just, can be younger and so that's probably what's going on why this you know the ohio river is younger and this is exactly it, if they were to not take, all, it's not all uniform age right and that makes it harder ohio, to date these rivers you know <laughs> exactly if you were to take the ohio river and be like well but the new river flows into it and yeah, the new and rivers 300 million years old yeah. so but it's, the cross-cutting relationships 
all you have for that Ohio River is like, sorry. Loser. It's also tricky You're only too because two million years old. It's tricky because you know uh, these new these new rivers these old <laughs> rivers such as the new river um <clears throat> one of their features is that they're they, they've got these pretty set paths but rivers do move and so especially you know if if they change direction or parts of them you know if if they get diverted if there is some big event like a glacier, it, they, it can change their course. And so you, you may lose part of that, that record. Um, yeah. It, it's yeah, it's just not especially forward as saying like this entire river is the oldest river on earth. Right. Especially when you have something like glacier, which is like a giant eraser. <laughs> yeah. Coming yeah, through giant, and erasing all the all elements again, of the last. Not only yeah. does it erase everything, but it freezes all the water. <laughs> And then when it melts, it it flushes it all out. That's yep. just like it's yep. just like a triple whammy. Agreed. As I call glaciers often. Here comes the old triple whammy. That's what I say when the <laughs> scene was coming in. It's coming right for us. <laughs> <sighs> all right. So uh, there you. Oh, you didn't really say where the new river is. Did we mention where it's at? It, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> it's across the Appalachians. Yeah, we did say lies into the Ohio. Yeah, it starts in North Carolina. All right, goes up uh, through the western, the very westernmost part of Virginia, goes up into West Virginia, and basically cuts across the entire state of West Virginia, where it flows into. Eventually, we said the uh, the Kanawha, Kana Kanaha River, and uh, yeah. Kanawha, right? Kanawha. K-A-N-A-W-H-A. And then eventually into the Ohio. I can pronounce it. And it, do you know where it meets the Ohio? Uh, on the border of Ohio? No. Nope. In Pennsylvania, right? Before. No, no. In, no. no, that's where the Ohio starts. Oh. Uh, Duh. In, the in Allegheny and the Monongahela. Monongahela. It, it meets in West Virginia. In the town of Point Pleasant, which is famous as the home of the Mothman. So this is now a Mothman podcast. Are you, are you I like it? I, yeah, the Mothman prophecies. Yeah, the, let's the, get into it. Point Pleasant, I think, is where that bridge collapsed. What is the Mothman? I don't oh. know. It's a Richard Gear movie from like 30 years ago. Well, <laughs> First off, how dare you? Uh, it wasn't just a movie. It was a Richard Gere event. Uh, no, event. The Mothman is like, it's like this folklore. It's really West Virginian sort of Appalachian folklore. Where. I'm sorry, 2002. So it's close. 19 years. Yeah. Um. I don't really know. Does he portend like doom? He, he usually profit. You usually see this like creature. It's got black uh, red eyes. Yeah. It kind of looks like a moth right before something terrible happens. Yeah. Huh? How did I miss this movie? Oh yeah. It's I, I enjoyed the movie. What did it get? Um, yeah. You're right. Reportedly seen in point, point pleasant. Yeah, 
Uh, six point four out of ten stars. Nice. That was I don't know. Is that nice? Uh, I mean, I was Richard Gere, Laura Linney. It, it was Deborah Messing was in it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, no, it, it was an interesting movie, you know, and it, it starts out very intriguingly. And like, he starts out driving in West Virginia. He's like, well, and then like drives for an hour. And he's like, where am I? And then he ends up in like point pleasant like seven hours away like how could he possibly have driven seven hours and they blamed him for the bridge collapsing which yeah the bridge 46 people 1960s so it was based on the true story yes yeah so that's what we're saying it's not so much folklore not based on a true story it was a true story (laughs) yeah Yeah. seriously conspiracy theory podcast is where it's at all right well (laughs) Join us for the uh, the flannel cast after hours for the the uh, extended conversation on the Mothman prophecies. Flannel cast after dark, where we talk about nothing but nonsense, but we curse. Yeah, maybe we could uh, we could do a, a flannel cast episode where we just give our commentary on the Mothman prophecies. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie; I don't even think I'd listen to that. I, no, no. <laughs> um, ah, right. no, that's a lie. I would speak for yourself. <laughs> Um, there is the, the New River Gorge is also the newest national park in the uh, United States National Park System. They just uh, came out with that this year. Nice. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. that's apropos. It's the newest. Yeah. How, At least they got that one right. As a national park, how is it going to work? I don't. Uh, T- TBD. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, how are you going to charge for it? Or are they going to charge? Is it going to be like Great Smoky Mountains where they don't charge? Do they not charge at Great Smoky? Nope. Or at least they they didn't as of two years ago. Yeah. New um, Mammoth Caves, they don't charge either. Yeah. There are a few where they don't. Um, All right. uh, Another fun fact about the New River is that if you go to Fayetteville, West Virginia, where the New River Gorge is, the New River Gorge National Park, um, there is a what do you? Uh, there's a giant freaking bridge there. It's an arch bridge. It's a span. Uh, it, at the time it was built, it was 1,700 feet long, and it was the world's largest single span arch bridge for 26 years. I, th- been, I think it's talked. actually. I think it's just called the New River Gorge Bridge. Yeah. What did I say? Oh, I thought you were like, what's the name of it? Uh, <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue i can't think of it it's that bridge over the new river gorge oh, yeah. the name of that? Uh, i was Ooh. built in 1977 like i said at the time it was the longest uh spanning arch bridge in the world now it's the fifth longest Ooh. so they built some bigger ones that's and a pretty, uh it's a pretty bridge it's got a huge bridge i've driven over it many times and it uh, once a year they open it up for base jumpers to to jump off of, oh. and they call this day Bridge Day. <laughs> nice, that's, and it's a hoot. You can check out the YouTube videos of people base jumping off of there. That, and that's not what I would call that day. No, I call that Death Day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, this is the day I die. Yeah, Dummy Day when the dummies <laughs> jump off. <laughs> All right, that's the. Uh, it's very pretty, very pretty out there. Oh, that life insurance day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's the uh, there's the new river. Some fun facts about the new river. Um, oh, how 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 long is the new river? Do we mention that? 
the new river the new river bridge the the bridge uh the, not the bridge the the new river is about 360 miles long yeah and there, there were 580 kilometers for the there, international fans. there was some thought that you know back in the day so like millions of years ago um there's some thought that it's present course it's been on its present course for since the end of the cretaceous so like 65 million years Uh but there's thought that prior to that it it was actually much longer um in in sort of length and it, it drained more uh which sort of helped solidify its path and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, that um, would make sense. I mean, yeah. for the fact of how old it is. Yeah. Do you mean just like it was longer, so it was able to obtain more discharge and that would more be of right. a, yeah. And then more of that, uh, that saw cutting down through the Appalachians as they're being uplifted. That would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah, ups, ups the amperage of your saw, if you will. <laughs> if you just have a longer span, you collected more water. More amperage. More amperage. All right. So there's the uh, there's the new river. Let's move on to our next river. I'll go. We'll save we'll save Steve's favorite for last to get off the Susquehanna. So our next river is the French Broad River in Tennessee. Am I correct, Chris? Uh, it's it finishes in Tennessee. It ends in Tennessee. Uh, Got it. Goes through one of my favorite towns in the United States, Asheville, North Carolina. Ooh. Ever been to Asheville? Asheville is a fun fun city to hang out in. Some good breweries there. Pretty. Uh, yeah, it starts in. Scene. I didn't realize there was a Transylvania County in North oh, Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some big mountains there in Transylvania County. Some, um, you know. Demons of the dark as well, I guess. I don't know. Vampires. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah. So the French Broad River starts in uh, just south of Asheville. Actually, this one kind of flows to the north as well, cutting across the uh, um, Appalachian. So kind of comes up just south of, if you don't know where Asheville, North Carolina, it's kind of closer on the the western side of, of North Carolina there comes up from like southern north carolina almost it, it kind of starts pretty close to like the border between uh like that that uh, the three states of georgia south carolina north carolina but it's still on the, the north carolina side comes up goes right through Asheville, cuts over across the appalachian mountains and eventually um goes into knoxville tennessee yeah tennessee does it discharge into the tennessee river then it does it does uh nailed it Yes. Still got uh, it. Well, actually, still it, uh, got it. Yeah. So it's uh, it it uh, it kind of flows in with the Holston River. There's a confluence of the French Broad and the Holston River at Knoxville, and that is the beginning of the Tennessee River. Oh, the headwaters, if you will. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. So right. it goes through uh, the French Broad. Kind of uh, cut. Uh, you, you get the a portion of the Pisgah National Forest draining into the. Um, the French Broad River, and if you ever you're out in North Carolina, definitely check out the Pisgah National Forest. It's my goodness, one of the prettiest, uh, uh, geez, forests I've ever seen, hands down in the United States. It's yeah. like you walk through the the Pis- you walk through Pisgah, and it's just like you're in Narnia. It's it's pretty, pretty beautiful 
um, area out there. That sounds pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. I want to go there now. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, it's ever, if you ever find yourself in Brevard, North Carolina, go check oh, out. Oh, they have a ton of old growth forests still there. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. There's some virgin, virgin forests out there. Wow. That's pretty impressive. And so the French Rob might be responsible for a lot of whiskey, I'm guessing. Um, sure. Potentially. I mean, I think Tennessee is like, you know, Tennessee whiskey, like Jack Daniels. And yeah, there's, there's a, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee are pretty much uh, where a lot of whiskey comes from in the united states and now now yes and but a, it's because of the constituents of the water make it very conducive for making it so hmm. perhaps it just took 300 million years for this water <laughs> to be uh you know perfect yeah there you go but like we said before the water's not really that old but anyway i digress so there is right near there is the broad river so this is the french broad river and so the the broad river flows i guess south into um now let me think about this let me, let me get my story straight here so the, the broad river is nearby and the broad river flows south into um south carolina what's the one the uh congaree river and the broad river used to be known as the english broad river so you had the french broad river and you had the english broad river oh uh you know back back in the day when the french and the english were fighting over yeah people were uppity (laughs) in my river so I wish I that's the best French accent. I, I was gonna, do. I was if I could do an English accent. Uh, chip, chip, cheerio. Yeah, bonjour. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> that's all you got. We're we're just killing it with the international audience here. Yeah. Uh, good day. Yeah. Well, the Broad <laughs> River. I guess the English Broad River. I just learned this. It's a tributary of the Savannah River, yeah. in Georgia. Okay. And it, uh... So the French Broad flows in into the Tennessee. The Tennessee goes into the Ohio. Ah. The new new river and the the French Broad River. They're river buddies. They are river they went, buddies. They, <laughs> yeah. they went north, basically until that glacial eraser wiped them out. Yeah, they they both yeah flow north and uh, northwest, and then they get into the Ohio and they go into the Mississippi. Kind of warms my heart that he called them river buddies. <laughs> <laughs> kind of love that. <laughs> oh, these guys are river buddies. Fantastic, uh, and I do love it. You know the good old colonialism of this is the English River, this is the French River. Like, yeah, they like, definitely have different. Um, names. Yeah. The, the, I guess the Cherokee were in the area. Um, but the, I think that the one word, the Cherokee word 
was essentially comes out to be broad. Ah. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, I feel yes, like that's yeah. a good segue into our next river, which is ah. named after Native Americans as well. Yeah. Named after as opposed to named by. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, if you're going to. Well, do you know what the word Susquehanna means? Uh, it's from the Susquehannock Native Americans. Yeah. So, no, I guess my short answer is no. I knew it was named after the Susquehanna, but I don't know what Susquehanna means. So, apparently, um, it's Lenape, right? Yeah, it's Lenape. There, yeah. So, by the way, before we get into we forgot to mention real fast, but the, the French Broad River is 219 miles long. <gasps> Continue. No, no, no. Wait, how long was the new river? Uh, the I new wanna, river, keep, keep the down. new river was 360. 320. Oh, oh, I have 360. Oh, geez, I Sorry. Discrepancy here. I have 218 for the French or 351 kilometers. I got 219 for, for the French. 219, 218. That I'll give you a mile, but geez, oh, me. The, the new, I don't know. I have 360. All right. What let's you have? say 300 plus. I have 320. All right. <sighs> give or take. Okay. <laughs> give or take. All right. But. Either uh, one of them pale in comparison to the, the mighty Susquehanna. Susquehanna. Well, fun the fact, mighty. it is the 444 miles long. It's the longest river on the East Coast of the United States. What? what? And it's got Whoa. the 16th largest watershed in the United States as well. Ah, yeah. I knew that. Um, I didn't know it was the 16th, but I knew it was a big watershed. Yeah. It's a big watershed. Yeah. But um, yeah, so so here's the, here's the sort of the rundown it, it comes from a term back to the etymology you know the name uh essentially it's along the lines of like sisqui han sisqui hakana which means oyster river because there was a lot of oyster beds um especially near the mouth of the river you go down the chesapeake bay where the Susquehanna flows into and, and you still have, it's not one, what it once was, but no, but we can talk about that too. About how. Yeah. So the, they, I, I think there's a transposing of the name of the people that live there by, by, you know, the, the colonists who came in. And referring to them as the Susquehannock, because they lived, they called this river, um, you know, this, what it sounded like was Susquehanna. Right. So yeah. It was a, yeah, a colonialized name of yeah. indigenous peoples. Uh, yeah. And one yeah. of the first, one of the first people to, to do one of the first, you know, European settlers to put this name down was John Smith of Jamestown. John Smith. Yep. That John Smith. Who was John Smith, 1882. <laughs> oh, my mistake. Are we sure it's the same John Smith? Because that's like the most common name <laughs> in the history of common names. Yep, uh, colonial governor of, of the old 
Jamestown Colony. You don't yeah. remember that from the Simpsons Halloween <laughs> episode? No. So. It was wow. like a zombie apocalypse and they're climbing back into their graves. And this one dude is climbing back into the John Smith grave. He's like, John Smith, 1882. He's like, well, my mistake. <laughs> then climbs into another John Smith grave. It's pretty funny. Anyway. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure our, our Patreon listener, Mark, probably knows. He had a good uh, Simpsons quote earlier. So, um, <clears throat> so back to the Susquehanna. So do we talk about ex- what, what uh, states the Susquehanna River flows through? You're welcome to. Um, uh, it looks like it's just, uh, oh, there's some different forks on there. Uh, Pennsylvania and Maryland. It, it, and New York. New York. There's a New York. Yeah, there's actually two branches of it. Yeah, so I didn't know which mo- Most of it, yes, is in like, you know, just looking at the map, probably 90% of it's in Pennsylvania. The yeah. one, the north branch does uh, originate in New York State. Um, <clears throat> but it drains 27,000 square miles, Ooh. which is huge. Yeah including half the land area of Pennsylvania. So more than half of Pennsylvania drains into the Susquehanna. And when you're talking about Pennsylvania, there's some major river systems in Pennsylvania. I mean, you, you have Lake Erie, which gets, you know, a tiny bit, but then you have, you know, the Allegheny, the Monongahela, the Delaware river, like it's, you know, to, to say that half of it goes in the Susquehanna, that's it's a pretty big deal. My personal favorite, the Schuylkill. The Schuylkill. Uh, and then the others. They don't matter. Yeah. And there was a canal that uh, connected the Schuylkill to the Susquehanna. Did you know that? I did not. There I is. know the Schuylkill, there was a, the Schuylkill that had a canal that took it from, took the coal down to Philly, connected it to the Delaware. The Schuylkill um, connects to the Delaware? The what? The Schuylkill connects to the Delaware in Oh, Philly? well, you, but... <laughs> To Wait put barges, barges. Uh, okay, I was like, uh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> no, it, it ran parallel to the river. That's was, where Philly is. A, it was a regular Yazoo canal, if you will. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. So a Yazoo river is is when you have two rivers that basically run parallel to each other. Oh, I didn't know that was an actual term. I thought you were making that up. No, no, because the, the Yazoo River runs parallel to the Mississippi down in um, like the southern U.S. Neat. So it's a, it's a I mean, it, it might be a, a colloquial term, but I've always heard it. No, I like it. Yeah. Check out that Yazoo. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the Susquehanna, speaking of canals, the Susquehanna, and this is a fun fact that, Steve, I think you told me, is the longest unnavigable river in the world. Yes. Because it is really shallow. It's it's really wide. It's really broad. It's like a big river if you ever come across it. However, uh, they did try to make it navigable by adding these canals and stuff like that. But at the same time that these canals were becoming popular and 
in demand. Then came along the railroads. Thanks for nothing, Carnegie oh, Mellon. Iron horse. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, well, or, you know, depending upon how you look at it, uh, a lot of these canals were actually abandoned, filled in, and then became railroads <laughs> because they were nice and flat and along the rivers. Um, you know, a few of them were preserved for historical purposes. Um, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. You're going to talk about. No, I was just, I was going to say like, for instance, in Manioc, like there's, there's still canal Manioc. There's, there's yeah. canals in, there's the Gowanus canal in Brooklyn, um, which was a location of a famous uh, civil war battle, the Gowanus Creek battle. Oh yeah. Um, the canal itself right now is, pretty disgusting it's getting better but i've done work in there it's not huh. it's not pretty where's not that ideal brooklyn the guanus canal brooklyn. has nothing to do with the susquehanna brooklyn new york oh not civil war revolutionary war sorry yes revolutionary sorry <laughs> i said civil i meant revolutionary. Yeah, sorry no uh yeah um in the in the southern portion down in in maryland there is a dam <clears throat> on the Susquehanna that does deepen it a bit. If you've gone across Harvard to grace. Yeah. How do you pronounce that? I Harv, Harv to grace. I, think- I pronounce it Harvard to grace, but that's just me reading the sign as I'm driving down to DC. Yeah. <laughs> Harvard, Harvard, Harvard to grace. That's I'm it. sure we're pronouncing it terribly wrong. What's the, is it 95 that takes you across it? 95. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Conowingo Dam. Yeah, the Conowingo Dam. That's actually in Pennsylvania, though, I believe. Oh, is it? I think it is in Pennsylvania. It's right on the border. Yeah, it might be right on the border. It might be yeah. just into Maryland, but yeah. Uh, when I was a wee lad in high school, went did a field trip there to the Conowingo Dam. Huh. Uh, this was back when uh, hydroelectric dams were all the rage and there was no environmental impact whatsoever. And it was a great, safe way to produce energy. So um, it is a good way to produce energy. There are some environmental impacts, it turns out. Yeah. It's <laughs> a couple, couple. It's an old dam, 1928. Yeah. And like I said, it was the year it opened. I guess my high I'm- school trip. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in terms of environmental threats on the Susquehanna River, I mean you can't can't forget uh, all three mile island. No. <laughs> and I joke about my age, but that actually happened the year I was born. That's, three mile island? Yeah. I believe it was, it was 1970. Oh, I lied. I born I was born in 78. I thought it was 78. Ooh. So so three mile island is the closest that the United States has come to a, a meltdown. Um, what was the extent? It was just a little, basically a little, little puff of radioactive gas, right? No. Was it? I don't, I don't think there was any. Uh, it was a partial. It started to melt down, but it didn't. Yeah, because there was something wrong with the cooling pumps and a little bit of a little bit of radiation leaked. But you know that could just yeah. be propaganda. Um, it was like nothing though. Like what actually came? Yeah, out just like overheated and like the relief valve or like mm-hmm. one of the safety systems failed. Right. And so it started partially melting down, and I think it released radioactive material, but none of it really got out. 
Right. Uh, it was, I think it was radioactive gases and radioactive iodine into the uh, environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they didn't evacuate anyone. It's fine. Uh, maybe they should have, but, <laughs> but interesting fun fact. That's what, uh, there's, there's a few, uh, nuclear power plants in the area, not too close to where I am, but, um, people who live near power plants are supposed to have iodine tablets Yep, because uh, that radioactive isotope will basically absorb to the, the excess iodine in your body and you evacuate it out. Essentially you pee it out. So it's, it's like a, a leaching process. I, what's the chelation, I guess is the technical term chelation process where it actually absorbs onto you put this stuff in your body so the bad stuff absorbs to it and then and then your body gets rid yeah, of it. Yeah, isn't that so it doesn't get into your um your uh, thyroid, thyroid glands yeah, 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 and, yeah. and your end, other endocrine systems and things like that. So um if you do live near a nuclear power plant, look into getting some iodine tablets. But <laughs> I uh if you live near a coal plant, you're actually exposed to more radiation than a nuclear power plant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless Fun it melts fact. down. Yeah. <laughs> like, if there's you like, live near Chernobyl? There's, like, no, nothing you're... coming out of a, a nuclear power plant. Nuclear power plants, like, yeah, they get yeah. that stuff on lockdown. No, you, you get more, like, you know, flying across country than living yeah, near yeah, a nuclear just, power plant. At an no, airplane. Is, yeah, exactly, exactly. This, um, is, this I'm talking about from uh, a meltdown, some sort of disaster, like Three Mile Island could have been. Mm-hmm. Con- Conowingo Dam also serves as the cooling. It's it's uh the the water impounded behind it is serves as the cooling water for the Peach Bottom nuclear. Yeah, Peach Bottom. Yep. In in Pennsylvania, there. Yeah, I believe those are all, you know, uh, constellation. Which is owned by Exelon, which is, I'm sorry, Pico, which is owned by Exelon, which is owned by Constellation. Yeah, I was going to say Peach Bottom is, I know it's run by um, Pico. And yeah. Pico used to, used to stand for the Philadelphia Electric Company. Uh, the owner, right? Yeah, Exelon and PSEG owns part of it too. So I guess some of the, some of the power goes up into Jersey. I got I got a stupid question for you guys. Shoot it. When we say that the uh, the Susquehanna River is like four hundred was four hundred and forty miles long or something. Four hundred forty four. Like Thank you very much. Like four. Excuse me. Um, where do we start measuring that? With which which of the branches does it go up? Great. Does that start being measured up in New York? Because Great like the question. one branch goes up into New York, like upstate yeah. New York. The other branch shoots across pennsylvania over towards pittsburgh i believe i'm i'm guessing it has to be the north branch because if you add longest is that what it is it has to be because if you added them both together that's way more than 400 miles yeah it's got to be just the longest theoretically ice age hits right go back to another glaciation now sea level drops and the chesapeake bay turns into you know, basically just uh, just a river South valley. South Jersey. <laughs> South Jersey, yes. 
Uh, does that mean that the length of the Susquehanna River increases because it goes, the Susquehanna River drains right into the northernmost part of the Chesapeake Bay? Well, here's the question. The, the short answer is yes. However, are there now glaciers cutting off where the headwater is and the headwater oh, is moving really flow. far south? Yeah. It depends. I mean, so the, the, during the Wisconsin, uh, I, the Wisconsin ice age, uh, the most recent one, the ice went down to Northern Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. So it would have, it would have taken out the, the New York stuff. Yeah. Good. Like, I don't know, probably 150 miles of that 444 miles. Yeah. So, so then took, you, t- you, the whole, you subtract yeah. 150 miles, would the... Well, it'd be uh, interesting to see, like, would the, uh, what are the two branches? The northern, is it the northern branch that goes up into... Yeah, north branch goes into New York. Uh, New York, the west branch obviously goes west. So maybe <laughs> the age of the north north branch is maybe a little different. Like, it's once uh, get, get, getting back into, like, the whole river is not 350 million years old or whatever, whatever we said, I see it what was, you're saying. 20 million years old. So only portions of that, are, you know, because the one thing about the Susquehanna river is that there's, I was reading that there's like several water gaps. It cuts across the, it kind of zigzags across the Appalachians. So that path is already carved out. And so it, I guess it just keeps on hanging out in that, in that path that's carved through the Appalachian mountains, but yes. maybe the, uh, you know, the distal ends of the, of the river, the headwaters of the river, the ages of that are, are nowhere near 300 and something years old. No, that's a, right? that's a very interesting thought experiment. I would love to see a 4d map of that, like how far the ice would have to come down in order for sea level to drop so far, but how far down would sea level have to drop for the, for essentially the Chesapeake Bay to have to go all the way out to, yeah, you know, the tip of Maryland, I guess. So, so one of the great quotes that I've seen in geology is that um, geology keeps on repeating itself and you see, you keep on finding these, these rivers, they keep on reoccupying these old, you know, already previously cut out areas, you know, like, all right, it already buzzed through the Appalachians. Cool. Just reoccupy that and just, you know, we'll keep this, this'll work. You know, this'll do. <laughs> yeah. That is my favorite quote. Geology keeps repeating itself. Always repeats itself. Yeah. <laughs> Geology keeps repeating itself. Geology keeps repeating itself. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to smack you in the back of the head to. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of glad we loop. don't do these in person anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> you would have heard a whop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so. Let's see other fun facts. Uh, I used to go canoeing on this once a year. Wow. With my brothers and cousins. And um, yeah, it was always fun. It was a little treacherous right around that. Uh, anybody who's ever traveled to, I guess, Penn State, I don't know why else you would be on 322 there. Uh, there is a miniature, when I say miniature, it's a, it's a, I don't know, what do you think, 20 foot tall statue That's of Liberty? liberty. Yeah. yeah, it's it's out there on an old abandoned bridge abutment. Um, but so we would go canoeing through there and through there. It's a it's a little treacherous. You know, it that's one of those passes where it cuts through one of the mountains. So um, but again, that's also in St. Mary's, which happens to be 
um, one of the oldest, hang on, stone masonry arch bridge in the world when it was constructed. A stone, let's break, let's say it a little slower. Stone yes. masonry arch bridge. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's made of arches and it's all stone and stone. masonry. Gotcha. The, the Rockville uh, Bridge. Yes. And it was uh, constructed in 1902. And it actually replaced an earlier iron bridge. It was there was an iron bridge before there, um, but it is still the longest. Uh, it is still the longest stone masonry arch bridge in the world. So it was the longest in 1902, 120 years ago, and it is still the longest. I guess. That means, you know, they peaked, <laughs> I guess they came up with better engineering feats, um, but pretty cool. They also um, still have a couple of ferries that go across the Susquehanna. So how about this? So there's any, any other, I guess, before we go on, jump onto this next thing, any other fun facts about the Susquehanna river about just being really old? Uh, it was America's most endangered river of 2005. What happened in 2005? I don't know. From the excessive pollution it receives. No, that's and a that, fact. No, but then we could go into like it. It was an environmental kind of, I don't want to say catastrophe, but the Chesapeake Bay, like they, the Chesapeake Bay was like decimated. Yeah, it all. Uh, yeah. About 20 years ago, everything kind of died. And over the past 20, 25 years, the EPA, the, the state governments and things like that have actually taken on this huge environmental effort to try to uh, figure out what what is the issue. Okay, we know that like there's a million different things contributing to this. But for the past like three years, the the oysters and certain crabs and all these other things are really starting to come back and starting to thrive again in the Chesapeake Bay because it, because of all these mitigation efforts, as far as the environmental concern is, um, you know, happening. So is that all with the, I mean, was the, I know that the Chesapeake Bay has been decimated by the non-point pollution all the farms, all the runoff from the farms. Exactly. Yeah. Is that what was going? It was coming off the Susquehanna River and just dumping into the Chesapeake Bay. Is that what you're? Exactly. So, like Chris said, not non-point pollution is like you can't just point your finger at it. Like, oh, it's this, you know, uh, manufacturing plant is dumping arsenic in the river. Like, no, it's it's thousands of farms. You know, we're not exactly the breadbasket of America, but if you've ever gone west of pennsylvania on the pennsylvania turnpike it's it's a lot of farms and that's that huge watershed that we were talking about is like half of pennsylvania drains into the susquehanna so all these farms they use fertilizers and pesticides and herbicides and all all different kinds of things to make their their crop yield better and you know eventually that stuff washes off and has to go somewhere and it goes into the watershed and it causes algal blooms in the Chesapeake yep. Bay. Long story short, sucks out all the oxygen. Right. Cause and- it's a ton of nutrients. So all these algae can like, like, Oh my God, all these, not all, all these nutrients. It's great. And then, but it eats up all the oxygen and then everything else dies. And then, yeah. So, um, but they have been 
trying to mitigate it, trying to do different things um, along the rivers, working with farmers, working with, you know, uh, corporations and things like that. And, and it's legit paying off. So uh, it's not perfect, but you've actually seen like blue crabs and other like, you know, Maryland crab cakes were famous for, I don't know, centuries, I guess. <laughs> but for a while, like Maryland crab cakes, it, yeah, they, they were Maryland crab cakes because you bought them in Maryland, but the crabs were coming from like out in the Atlantic or something like that because there, there really weren't that many crabs to be had. There weren't oysters to be had, but all this stuff is all these organisms are starting to come back because of the mitigation efforts and trying to, trying to do this. So there, there are a lot of whining and complaining because like, Hey, you know, I can't use this fertilizer anymore. So my crop doesn't yield as much, but at the same time, then the, then the, the crabs and the fishery guys are saying like, Oh, well now I can actually fish again and crab again in the Chesapeake Bay. Cause everything's not dead. So <laughs> All right. Uh, so there you have it. The Susquehanna River. Fun thing. Fun facts. Um, some other uh, I think we should end the podcast with uh, obviously people. I, this would be the thing that I would be thinking of if I was listening to this podcast. What is the oldest river in the world? Isn't that Old Man River. Old Man River is. Nope, don't get me started. <laughs> don't. Um, well, the oldest river in the world is the Finke River, and that is in it's kind of in like central Australia, um, which makes sense. Australia is pretty darn old. Yeah. I mean, that's where the oldest craters are. That's where the oldest impacts are. The oldest rocks are like that would make sense, but not by a ton. Well, a couple of tens of millions of years. Uh, what they have this has um, three fifty to four hundred. So you know, yeah. you're talking Susquehanna is yeah. like three twenty five. So and, that's like a twenty five million. And years I mean, over. this is sort of the problem. Yeah, and so like the Finky and the the Muse in um, in uh, that flows through like Belgium and the Netherlands into the North Sea is is thought to be three twenty to three forty. With these rivers we talked about, we're only dating them based on the age of the mountains they're dissecting or cutting through, right? So we don't have a good grasp on how long they were there before the mountains uplifted. So I'm going to go and say the Susquehanna is the oldest and uh, prove me wrong. I like it. Or <laughs> we should get a GoFundMe together for a time machine Ooh. so we can just answer this question for once in a while. Like, yes. you know, don't, don't go back to like, you know, fix humanity's greatest blunders. Let's figure out what's the oldest river. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I'm down. I'm yeah. I think uh, <laughs> we, we should go through. Um, all right. Some other, some other mentionable rivers in the mix here. Uh, the Nile, the Nile river, about 65 to 75 million years old. Oh, how about the Rhine? Did I miss yeah. that? Oh, the Rhine. I went right past that. Yeah. Yeah. The Rhine and the Rhine is one of those rivers that runs north too. Yeah. Well, the yeah, Rhine there's... and the, the Rhine runs into the Muse. Okay. So there's a, you know, there's this, this, I've heard this a, a bunch, like a, it's this misnomer out there. It says that if you're in the Northern hemisphere, all the rivers are going to flow to the, 
to the south. And if you're in the southern hemisphere, all the rivers are going to flow to the north. I mean, um, statistically, the answer is yes. Realist, like, but that doesn't mean every single one does. Yeah. The rivers are just flowing downhill. Yes. That's all that matters. It's just flowing, following the path of the least resistance. I yeah. have a lot of people that have said that, like not, well, not like a lot doesn't happen every day, but I've had a fair amount of people that have, that have said that to me. And it's just like, well, no, the water just wants to get to the ocean as fast as possible. And it's just looking for the most efficient yeah. way, the fastest way to get to the ocean. So or the great salt Lake in Utah. One of or the it's other. just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Ah, I want to get to the ocean. I guess I'm waiting around for a while. Fine. <laughs> I'm stuck in Utah. Right. Great. <laughs> Got to get all evaporated now and turn into a cloud and go do this yeah. journey all over again. Uh, no, but for, in in general, no, I wouldn't even say in general because that's that's not correct either. But statistically, if you are in the northern hemisphere, there's a good chance the water is going to flow in a eventually southern direction. Well, however, that doesn't mean crap because you can have ones that flow east flow west through flow north like yeah it's just all because of the the way that the mountain ranges are set up in the well if you just look at the united states the the mountain ranges are in a north north south orientation exactly yeah so you, not- you take you take the mississippi river and you have it flow in any other direction and then all of a sudden those stats are all wrong <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so, so yes, is, there's the Rhine there, uh, Colorado River. Good old Grand. Well, actually, there's. Uh, I'm timid to say this number here because people are going to jump over this. There's a lot of debate over how old the the Colorado River is and, and the Grand Canyon as well. Um, but some estimates are saying about 75 million years or so, and that's that goes with the um, the Laramie orogeny when the, when the Rocky Mountains got uplifted and the Colorado Plateau. Um, yeah, got, got pushed up and it uh, rejuvenated the, the Colorado River to start incising. And we, we talked about the Susquehanna was 444 miles long. The Colorado is 1,400 miles long. So yeah, I didn't realize the Colorado River was that long. Jeez yeah. Geez. Holy moly. Yeah. Covers a lot of ground. What's I mean, the, it runs all the way into Mexico. What's the length of the Mississippi oh. know, off the top of their head? I mean, we're all, gonna look, we're all looking it up right now as we speak. <laughs> nope. Uh, who wants to take a guess? I'm going to say, uh, just guess off the top of my head, 1,600 miles. Yeah. Oh, I saw the answer. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. I'm going to guess around like 2,318 miles. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right. Yeah. I'm just taking a shot in the dark. Wow. Yeah. 2,300 miles. Steve and I, is amazing. He guessed that correctly. He's like a clairvoyant or something like that. I <laughs> and How I wonder he... if, does that include the Missouri? I know. I think it goes from Minnesota. It goes from Minnesota all the way down to Nolens. Yeah. Wow. Got a pretty high discharge too, five hundred ninety-three thousand cubic feet per second. It's a big river. 
That's it a is big, big river. And I know we've discussed discharge before on the podcast. I don't remember exactly when, but we, you know, we discussed like the Amazon and the Congo and um, the Amazon is like a huge discharge. Now I'm going to have to look that up, but um, I got it right here. The discharge of the Amazon on average, you want the average? Uh, 209 cubic meters per second, which if we're dealing with cubic feet per second, it's 7,381,000. Yeah, but how many elephants is that? Yeah, that's the real question. By the time we're done with this, we're going to have our own Google function where you can convert cubic (laughs) meters into elephants. Elephants. Are we dealing with African elephants, Indian elephants? Which one are we? uh... I forget what we decided to go with. Indian elephants are bigger. Anyways, this is yeah going nowhere. Uh, the Amazon River, that's on the list. That is uh, the age of the Amazon River. About 11 million years old. Hmm. Um, what's some other? Just one? a newbie. The, yeah, um, nothing. We said the, did we say the Nile? The Nile 65 to 75 yeah. million years old. Um, I, was in, I was once in denial. Yeah. Uh, the Not Thames River in London. The uh, Thames? It's pronounced Thames. It is. It is. Why <laughs> you make me uh, second guess myself? Yeah, uh, 50, really gotcha. <laughs> Sorry. 58 million years old for that one. Um, so there you have it. So that's older than I thought, but I, it makes sense because it's part of the, you know, Appalachians, I guess. Uh well the Appalachians are older than that. Right, but I'm saying like, you know, they were they were at one point they were smashed against us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why the uh if you look at like well we the uh, the age of the Meuse River in France is like, you know, it's right up there with the pretty close to the age of the the three rivers we talked about on the East Coast. Yeah, the Meuse was uh this is all, all, all from that, that same event, just creating Pangea. They don't call it the Allegheny Neurogeny in Europe, but um, yeah, it's all pretty much from the same, same event. All right. Cool. I think we uh, talked a fair amount about the, the oldest rivers in the world. Yeah. I think so. We did it. All right. Um, so... Thanks for thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for hanging out and listening to the Geology Flannelcast. Um, check out geologyflannelcast.com. You can check out some of the merch we got on the website there. Uh, if you want to you want to help us out, you can you can um, you know pick up some merch. We got some coffee mugs, t-shirts, fun stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, and the coffee mugs really do make your coffee man, take twenty percent better. Drinking my coffee from a Geology Flannelcast mug this morning, and I was like, this is some. It's good coffee. Just really delightful. Good. Yeah, we're gonna need to start like brewing our own beer. I think <laughs> flannel cast beer, twenty percent better. <laughs> I got an idea about that. We can talk about this off air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, if you would like to help out the podcast, you can listen. Uh, listen. Uh, so if you have some some uh, some extra shekels to spare, we have a Patreon site, uh, patreon.com slash geology flannel cast. We have several different tiers. We also uh, take dollars, not just shekels. Whatever, 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 anything. Um, I don't even know what a shekel is. Is that supposed to be shilling and shackle? 
<laughs> I, I don't know. Anyways, you have several different tiers of, of membership there. Uh, Nothing so, but Dogecoin. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, yeah. Dogecoin. Sorry. Dogecoin and uh, Bitcoin. Are you done? <laughs> <laughs> Tiers start off at uh, as little as $2 a month. Yeah. Chris will be interviewing new podcasters next week. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Sophie's coming in. We've, we've talked this before. Sophie will be your replacement. That's, that's Sophie. What episode was that? Good, good luck with him being 16 hours off your schedule. Go ahead. We'll make it work. We'll Bring him work. on. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> good friend of the podcast, Matt Sophie. Or I'm, I'm Kelly Blake's going to get angry if we don't throw her in the run, too. For, uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I am a little worried about Kelly Blake. Yeah, she'll... No offense, Matt, but you're 16 hours off. It'll never work. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Blake will eat you alive. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good. One. So that's that. Uh, we're on the social yeah. media stuff. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Oh, Jesse, did you post my picture? I did. Got, nice. a bunch of, got a bunch of likes. I haven't looked at it since, but. Nice. My Bumble's been blowing up, so I just assumed. Yeah. <laughs> You're on Bumble now, huh? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even sure I used the word right. <laughs> so pretty proud of myself right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Feels great to be back after a tight, uh, t- uh, <laughs> after a short little hiatus there. But uh, we're back and uh, stay tuned for another action packed episode next week of the Geology Flannelcast, the premier geology podcast out there on the interwebs. Woo. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping. Bye.